All right. Good morning again, everyone. Uh, Matthew, the book of Matthew. Matthew in chapter 7. It has been quite the week. Uh, I'll just tell you, very interesting. I'm always thankful that the Lord does not... uh, He knows my week and helps with study. It's amazing, so... Amen. Matthew in chapter 7. This is called the Ask, Seek, Knock passage, as is often called the Ask, Seek, Knock. So, uh, Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to move to verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, Asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him? Therefore, yes, the passage continues, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Father, we thank you. For this passage and for the day, we thank you for the people that you've brought. Lord, the people have chosen to honor you with their presence this morning. And I pray that you would, Lord, speak to their heart, Lord, and as, as you have already spoken to mine, Lord. And I would ask you to continue to do so, and we'll thank you. And we give you the glory for all that happens. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So, one of the things that is... Uh, has become more and more my interest just because of uh, good training from other people teaching me how to do it, (laughs) me realizing I wasn't always so great at it before and I'm still working at it, is that context is absolutely important. Context is absolutely important. Now, it's interesting if you think about the passage here, okay, we've got just a little bit before at the end of chapter 6, we've got Jesus saying, You need to stop worrying. You need to spend your life seeking first the kingdom of God. And then in chapter 7, at the beginning there, he switches out where he begins to talk about your interpersonal relationship with other believers. Judge not, that you be not judged. You need to to work on yourself, but it's interpersonal relationship we're talking about here. And then suddenly he throws in, in the middle of this, uh, this lesson on prayer that kind of seems a little bit like, He just decided to totally change subjects. You know, like he's just doing little tidbit teaching here. And then at the end of his lesson on prayer, he goes back and saying that what he's talking about is interpersonal relationship with others. Because look at verse 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever... Therefore, was that therefore, therefore? That's for what he just got done talking about. Therefore... All things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do even so to them, for this is the law and prophets. I'm telling you, those are the kind of things that keep me awake at night as a preacher going, 
How in the world does that connect? I mean, you know, it's like dealing with others, dealing with others. Right in the middle, we're going to talk about prayer. And oh, by the way, that's also about dealing with others. Huh? Okay. Now, listen, that's not new, and we know this, but it it surprises me how often preachers and all of us take a passage like chapter 7 through 11 and say, see, this is about God answering prayer, and you're missing half the context. Half the context is your interpersonal relationship with others affects your prayer life. Your prayer life, it listen, well, God never answered my prayer. God never answers my prayer. Well, we're going to talk about what this ask, seek, ask, seek, knock means because we like to read it to very definite personal advantage. And this actually means something very specific also. But here's God saying, well, maybe the reason I haven't answered your prayer is because you have a stinking attitude towards your brethren in Christ. You're picking on that person, talking about that person, angry with that person, and you want me to just give you everything you want? Everybody smile and go like this, because everybody knows what I'm talking about. Okay, now, let's just move back into the previous chapter. Jesus teaching the model prayer, not the Lord's prayer. That's a totally different spot, okay? That's where he prays for us. Different, that's at the end of his ministry. This is where he's teaching the disciples how to pray. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15, after he, after he gives us that model prayer, he says this, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We just got done connecting prayer with our interpersonal relationship with other people. You hear what I'm saying? You know, so, I mean, it would be great. I can just see my sister raised three boys, you know. I can just see her response now when... One of them is pounding on the other one. Okay, boys will be boys. And if you think boys don't pound on each other, you're just not in the room at the right moment. That's all I got to say. So, so she knows it. One's pounding on the other. And then the one who's doing the pounding turns around and says, Can we go to Dairy Queen? Do you think that Dairy Queen is the first thing on my sister's mind at that moment? I, I just want you to think about, listen, When God sees us and we're out here, we're complaining about this person and we're complaining and whining about this person and whining about that person and can't believe God's doing this for them and why is she wearing that dress and why does he think he can get away with saying that stuff and they just think they're so spiritual. Oh, God, please, would you take care of my needs? And he's going, uh, think we got some other things we need to deal with first? Do you think, well, we'll just keep right on going. But you get, listen, our prayer to God I would put it this way. I would say definitely, but I would say this, is delicately connected to our relationship to other men and primarily other believers. Your prayer relationship with God is delicately connected to your relationship with other believers. You cannot break one without breaking the other. That's what the passage is talking about. That's why we're here. And this is not new in Scripture, okay? Think about this, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. <laughs> That's pretty direct. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? How about 1 John chapter 3, verse 22? And whatsoever, ask, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You hear that? I get answered prayer because I am doing the things that are 
pleasing in His sight. There's nothing wrong with trying to be pleasing to the Lord. Right? Amen. There's nothing wrong with seeking that as an end goal. Peter gets pretty specific here too. Think about 1 Peter 3, 7, talking to husbands. He says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, your wife, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. You hear that? That's talking directly to husbands saying, Listen, you're living with a woman who's just as much a grace of grace, an heir of the grace that you've got. Same heir. You be careful how you treat you, or, or you're going to have trouble getting your prayers answered. So there's a direct connection between prayer and answered prayer and our relationship with other believers. Amen. So we, we cannot just jump in to ask, seek, knock without first describing the context in which it's presented, which is your relationship with other believers. So, hey, not seeing answered prayer, maybe it's time to spend some time asking the Lord, Am I, have I got everything right with all my brothers and sisters? Am I in good shape? Some people would say, well, that's an awful long list. Well, then write it out and start at the top. I'm dead serious. It's amazing how Christians, they want, life to be, they want Christian life to be good and glorious and wonderful all the time, and they're not willing to put in the effort and work that really is just a series of obediences to watch God do amazing things. Well, I shouldn't have to go back and deal with all that stuff. Yeah, in your human mind, but if you want to talk to God and want to have a good relationship with God, guess what you're going to have to do? Get right. Amen. And some people do have to do a list. I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but my daughter's, a, my daughter's a, a, you know, she speaks her mind, and sometimes she speaks it too freely. And I happen to know where she got that. And it wasn't Dana. <laughs> Honestly, there are times I go back in my mind, I'm like, did I get that right? Because I know what I said then. <laughs> that was not nice. That, did I get that right? I wonder if I should go talk to that person. I wonder, listen, it's worth it. Absolutely worth it. Amen. You'll never regret it, by the way. They might not want to get it right, but that's fine. That's on their part, but you got your part. Amen. So we'll just start right there. If you and a brother have an issue, or if you've treated anyone, as a matter of fact, in this passage, it does seem to be include the idea of even lost men. If you've treated them with disrespect or contempt, you've talked about them with wickedness in your heart and mind, that you're going to find that your close connection with God has not, it's not been necessarily severed, but it's not the primary thing on his plate right now. There's been damage, and you need to get yourself right before you start walking up to him asking for Dairy Queen. Everybody here? Amen. So, now we are going to speak, uh, when we understand the more context of the passage further as we go, but that we'll just we'll keep on going. So, this is called... The Ask, Seek, Knock passage. And honestly, even for myself, I'll just admit, it's one of those passages that it seems to promise, it seems to promise what Christians don't seem to get. And I don't mean understand, like they don't receive. It seems to promise something that believers are always going, I don't see all my prayers getting answered. Now, just be honest. If you're not honest, great. Or if you can, if you can just sit over and be holy roller, oh, God always answers every one of my prayers. You are... Well, let's just move along here. Now, does God always answer prayer? Yes. He does. Just sometimes it's no. And sometimes it's maybe like a parent who says, well, we can talk about Dairy Queen, but first we need to talk about 
some other issues. Okay? Now, one of the interesting things here is about verb tense. Okay? Verb tense. Because when we see this whole idea about ask, seek, knock, we always center that on one prayer request, don't we? Well, God didn't answer my prayer about this, so the verse is wrong. Well, I asked for this and I didn't get it, so the verse is wrong. But nowhere in this passage is there a promise that every single prayer that you answer, well, well, you will get what you want. As a matter of fact, there's lots of the scripture that actually deny that. And the verb tenses also don't, don't get us there. Okay, so the word ask, seek, knock, those are present tense. Okay, present tense. Oh, we're back in English class. Let me tell you, if you want to get, you want to get the most out of your Bible, have a good understanding of the language that you're reading. Amen. Just do your best. Ask, seek, knock. Present tense. That means it's something that's happening. That means if I move forward 10 minutes, it's still happening. If I go back 10 minutes, it was happening then too. You understand? It's something that is not ending. Everybody here? You following that? Okay. And then you add that ETH to it too. That's, that's an idea. It's, it's someone who is always asking. Okay? The ETH. Believe it or not, it's in there for a reason. We don't do that anymore. But it's, it's, a, it's a continual action. It's saying, it's asking, and then I keep asking, and they keep asking. Oh, you're talking about importunate prayer. Maybe, this again, this passage does not, does not limit these requests to one prayer request. It's talking about a life of asking, a life of seeking, a life of knocking. It's a person who never quits. You, you know, you have those kids? They never quit asking. And, you know, you can remind them. Uh, I did tell you I'd think about that. Yeah, did you have time? It's been two minutes. And then they're the ones who remind you the next day that you didn't think about it. And you've got to go think about it again. Like, oh, yes, please forgive me. I, I'm, I'm working on that. You know, keep ding, ding, ding. They keep dinging the bell. Listen, this, this is what we're talking about. A, a person who is always running to the Lord. Let, let me ask all you, all you parents out there. When your kids always ran to you, did, did they quit the first time? First time they got told no, did it suddenly turn them into, my parents don't give me nothing? <laughs> no, they keep asking. You kept asking. Maybe it wasn't for the same thing because, well, that didn't work, but maybe this will work. <laughs> oh, the devious kids, they're good at that, aren't they? But the idea is, listen, you know what happens when someone keeps, my kids, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. The, it does not, it seems to promise constant answered prayer, but again, it never says you're going to get exactly what you ask for. You read the passage through again. It says those that knock, the door will be opened. Those that ask will receive. It doesn't say you're going to receive what you asked for, but you'll receive. Those that seek will find. If you're seeking constantly, you're going to find some stuff. Are you hearing this? Now, granted, sometimes you're going to get what you look for. But the idea is a life of someone who is asking, a life of someone who is seeking, a life of someone who is knocking is going to see God do things in their life that are like, wow, God does answer prayer. Amen. Amen. Is, is God by nature good or evil? Good. Good. And I, I love how the whole context, I mean, it's Jesus goes right into a, a great illustration of the whole thing. Okay, if any normal child, and I, we've seen this, I mean, even, uh, I have been in some homes where life was not the best. Family life was not the best. And watch a kid run up and ask for something, 
and the parent want to provide what they're asking for. And so have you. And we're talking about the worst of homes. Think about the normal homes. When your kids run up and they want to do something, or they want something for Christmas, or they, or they, they want a certain meal, or they want something, you know, the normal instinct of a parent is, the normal instinct of a, of a parent is to go, boy, I want to. I can't always do it, can we? You know, I mean, once you take your kids to Disney, they'd love to go all the time. Well, they can't do that unless you get a third job and you get a fourth job. And, you know, maybe we'll be able to, but, yeah, I'd love to be able I wish I could, you know. But wouldn't it be cool to see this? Wouldn't it be cool to see that? Yeah, that would be fun. I wish we could do that. Maybe we can. So, so about here? I want a horse. Yeah, we got a third of an acre downtown. A third of an acre stretching it, too. Most of it's covered with grass I didn't wish I have to mow. And no, I really don't want to pay for the feed to have the horse take care of that. So maybe we can go for a horseback ride. There's, you hear what I'm saying? As parents, the, the automatic no from a parent is a parent who's just, frankly, they're not thinking or they're being selfish. I mean, that's just... The, the idea of listening to your kids and hearing what they're wanting, and they're coming to the only person they know of that can provide the things that they want. Do you understand that? And that's a perfect illustration. It's a perfect illustration. Now, do we have to tell our kids no a lot? Yeah. Because some stuff they ask for is just stupid. <laughs> uh, no, you can't have a tank. Sorry, son. That's, you know, daddy can't even have a tank. I don't get it yet. You can do anything. You know, the whole, the whole, you get the picture, okay? We wish we could. I mean, I wouldn't mind having a tank, but anyways. Let's, mm. A normal human father, and think about the process of this. If a normal, if a normal kid runs up to his dad and says, can I have a loaf of bread? Okay? Now, you understand the loaf of bread in a Jewish thing is round. It's not the long you know, they're round. And the idea is that a loaf of bread could, in some fashion, look like a stone. You could make a stone, find a stone that kind of looks like a loaf of bread. In other words, you could be deceitful. Can I have some bread? Here, take this. Oh, it looks good. I was like, what is this, a cruel joke? I mean, now there's some families where they do it just for fun to see the reaction and then give the bread. And my family might be in that line, but we'll just ignore that. Just... But the idea is, if they're looking for, and they're hungry for, for a loaf of bread, it's a, it's a cruel father would say, here's a stone, wrap your teeth around that one. Not only, not only is it cruel, it would, it would literally, in trying to even hold it maybe, it could do damage to the child. It's just cruel. They, if they try, actually tried to consume it, which is beyond our imagination, but they're going to break their teeth. It's not good for the kid. And I mean, it's just... No, a, a norm, even a normal father is not going to do that. He's going to, he wants to provide for his children. He should want to provide, barring some other, other uh, issues that he might have himself. If a normal child asks for a fish, and I know some of us are going, a fish to a serpent. You understand that in many countries, fish also references eels. A lot of countries eat eel, okay? We're just not used to that. To us, fish is fish. Fish is trout or walleye. For a lot of countries, fish is eel. So you could have an eel offered, and maybe, hey, can I have some fish? I don't know if that's what we're talking about, but let's just put it this way. You ask for one thing, you get something else, and not only does he, is he giving something that's not good, it's something that literally will 
very well can do damage to the child. I want something that fulfills my need, fulfills my hunger. Well, not, and what father is going to give him something not only, not only does not fulfill the need, but can turn around and actually do serious damage to their kid? That's just not a normal human father thing. You understand? It's not a, I understand that there's wicked people out there. We're just talking about normality here. Would a human father, normal human father, do this? No. It, it wouldn't even be considered a, even close to an acceptable response. I mean, you're talking about stuff where the, neighbor, the other neighbor men might show up at the door with baseball bats saying, this is going to stop and it's going to stop right now. You know what I'm saying? Is everybody here? Okay. Amen. I'm not saying they do anything with those, but there ought to be a threat behind it. But anyways. Are you all together today? Okay. Now, and he says, do you think God would do such a thing? If you know how to do this, if you know how to do this, do you think that God could even think about doing such a good thing? What, is it, what, what does God want to give us? He wants to give us good things. And he even says in the passage, he says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them which ask him? That word good is a very specific word again. It's a word that means beneficial and wholesome. Something that actually helps. God, God, God the Father wants to and is going to give his children gifts and things that are good for us and they're wholesome for us. They're helpful. They're, they're useful things. They're benef- they're, you know what I'm saying? They're for our benefit. Now, not just the barest essentials. That's not what we're talking about. They're, they're, they help build us up. These are good things. I mean, I, my mind went right to James 1.17, which many of you heard me quote before and you know it yourself. Every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Listen, good things, beneficial things, where do those things come from? They come from God. The good things that have ever been in your life, where did they come from? They came from God. Now, if you, you, know, if, if you can come up like all of us and ask for two million bucks in a Rolls Royce, you know, how many of you think that God's going to answer that prayer? Is it beneficial for you? Well, maybe what God is providing for you is called a weekly paycheck and a means of transportation to get to the work to get that paycheck. Everybody connect the dots? Amen. Well, mine always needs work. Well, maybe that's beneficial too. How is that? Well, maybe you'd be lazy otherwise. I, I don't know. God gives us what we need and things that are good for us. And then besides that, just think about James 4.3. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. God's not going to give us stuff just so we can, you know, just for us. And I'm telling you, a lot of our list are things that really are beneficial to us. God, please, would you relieve my anxiety by helping me take care of this bill? Lord, would you help me relieve my anxiety by taking care of this child problem? You hear that? That's, those are selfish requests. Not for the benefit of the kid, but for the benefit of my anxiety. Are you listening? Those are selfish requests. 
Amen. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. And God's already given us answer to anxiety, and we've already preached it. It's already in the book. It's there. The answers are already there for that. Amen. God will help you, but he also expects you to get in here and find the answers he's already given. God is going, listen, God is a good God. He is going to give his kids good things. As a matter of fact, listen, listen, just like any normal parent, he wants to give his kids good things. He wants to. And guess what? He actually knows what is good for us and what is not. Amen. So what do I do with that? What am I supposed to do? Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Amen. Did you hear that? Don't quit. Just because God said no. Fine. I'm never talking to you again. Teen life? Anybody? Middle school? Who is the source? Who is the source of all of our need? God is. Why would you Get mad at God, who's the one source of everything that you actually need in life. Because he said no. Isn't it funny how we are? Is sometimes you look at yourself as a believer and realize how much of a teenager you still are. I'm asking God for this, this, and this, and he's not answering. Well, maybe he actually is. Or, maybe he already has. Or, Maybe he's going, that's great, but you and this brother got a problem, and until that's taken care of, we can't deal with that. I'd love to give you Dairy Queen, but you got a brother you need to go apologize to. I'd love to help you with this particular issue, but you got this problem in your life with a brother, a sister. Amen. I'm telling you, if one of my kids, still to this day, if... <laughs> My daughter's married and gone. I'm sure every, every father or, or parent could, could understand this. If, if, if I was in the middle of this and I got a, two calls in a row from my daughter, I'd have to say, excuse me, I, I need to check what's going on. You know what I'm saying? If my daughter called me and said, Dad, please, you've got to help, but what do you need? And she's gone. She's got a husband who does it, a good husband who takes good care of her with good people around her there. But I'm telling you, the automatic response of, any, of, a, of a parent is, there's a need, what, what do I got to do? What? If, I, if I heard my daughter scream right now in the middle of church, see ya, I'm gone. <laughs> you, you hear what I'm saying? Do we think God is not the same way? Do you think that God just sits up in heaven and goes, bunch of losers, wish they'd start asking for the right stuff. No, his ear is attuned to every cry of his children. His ear, matter of fact, the Old Testament, I believe it's David, he says that God literally bends down from heaven to get his ear close to us. I mean, what a picture of God. It's a picture that God would, would lower himself to come from perfect, perfect heaven and get amongst the middle of my problems and listen to me, maybe even just listen to me, whine a bit, but listen for the help that needs to be given. What a God! Don't stop asking. Don't stop seeking. Don't stop knocking. Don't quit going to God for answers. He's a good God. 
my sister reminded me today of a, a moment that's uh, precious for my sisters and I. Uh, my daughter and my other sister are on their way back from Springfield from the ladies' meeting, and they drove by my mom and dad's old place. You know, that's my, my oldest sister. She's always mushy about all that stuff, you know, and, and I'm, I'm over here going, that's a great place. I don't want to get mushy about it. Not getting mushy about it. I'm over here not getting mushy about it, you know. Quit, quit doing that, sis. <laughs> but I was reminded that when my parents started declining in health, it happened so, so quickly and so severely that uh, their pastor called us as kids and said, you need, to come, you need to come help your parents. You need to move them up by one of you all because uh, it won't be long. They're not going to be able to take care of themselves. And if you've ever had to do some of that, that's not a lot of fun. None of it's a lot of fun. Coming in as kids and telling your parents, uh, we're moving you. What? I know. It's not your choice, but we, we need to get you up where we can help take care of you. Which that was a great conversation, but it did have to happen. And as we finally, they accepted that, and we kind of walked through all that, and and they found a great place for him. I'm just saying it was of the Lord. The whole move was of the Lord. The timing was of the Lord. But so it's my sister, both my sisters and I, and we're packing up all my parents' stuff out of their house. And we'd been packing. I mean, so it was all day, every day, late into the night, trying to figure out what to keep, what, what do we bring up, what, you know, for my parents, what do we get rid of that they really don't need, that won't fit in the little apartment that they've got or in any possible storage unit, you know, and we're trying to do all that without trying to break their heart in the process, you know, trying to make sure we're getting stuff that they would really want, you know, and, and we were just, it was late, late, late on the last day. We had to leave the next day, and we still had way too much stuff in the house, and we were all almost at the point of tears, just shot, and we stopped, and we just we stopped, and we just said, God, we don't know what to do. Everybody has helped as much as they could, and it, it, it's not their responsibility anyways. It's ours. It's our job to do. And Lord, we, we don't, you're just, could you help us? And we no more than got done praying, and there was a knock on the door, and I'll never forget it. Ben Forrester standing there saying, hey guys, guys need some help? And we're all just totally bedraggled. He told me later, you guys look like whoop puppies. Like, we did. And it was exactly what we needed. Now, I've asked for other stuff that God's ignored me on. Not ignored me. He just did one of those, mm, we'll think about that. But that was something, we just didn't need him just for us. We needed him for our parents. We needed him for good financial stability. We needed him for the people that were following up to, to work on the house. And uh, God sent someone exactly when we needed it. I'm telling you, you, you will never in the rest of my life tell, convince me that God does not answer prayer because of one event one event because we didn't stop asking and seeking and knocking amen ben forrester can go off the rails and become a drug addict and an alcohol alcoholic but god used him that day to answer a prayer amen so you understand again why we go back to your prayer life with god is intricately, delicately connected to your life, your relationship with other believers? 
what if we would have taken offense at something Ben Forrester said one time and got snarky and said something mean? You hear me? Would Ben have been inclined to listen to that prodding from the Lord? <laughs> well, I know Ben. He's a pretty good guy. He probably would have. But anyways, are you asking God? Are you still asking God? Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Don't quit. God is a good, good God. And he wants to give good things to his kids. Father,